The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. It is Friday, December 8th, 2023, and it is indeed a heck of a morning. We are live on the MMA Fighting Twitter space. You can hear the show in its entirety shortly thereafter on the MMA Fighting Podcasting Network. What is going on, everybody? I am Mike Hack. Hope you're all having a wonderful Friday. It is the holiday season. Happy Hanukkah to those who celebrate. A lot going on. A lot going on. We're on the eve of UFC Vegas 83. Weigh-ins are kicking off at noon Eastern time. Uh, We will have a preview show at 1 p.m. Eastern. So if there's any drama on the scales, we can react to them live as they're happening. How about that? It'll be myself, Jed Mishu, and Jose Youngs going live to preview Song Yidong versus Chris Gutierrez, Anthony Smith versus Khalil Roundtree. And much more. And the more I look at this card, the better it gets. If that makes sense. Like in terms of stakes and all of that, it's a two fight card, the main event and the co main event. But in terms of like matchups, there's some fun ones here. This is, I think this is going to be an enjoyable watch. I wish this was starting a little bit earlier, but it is what it is. Can't complain too much. We are on. The road to UFC 296, which is eight days away. So we just got to get through this one. And then it is on to UFC 296. And I am super excited for that. I'm actually going to be speaking with the great John Anik 
uh, around noon Eastern today for a little preview of 296. So you can look for that on the YouTube channel and the podcast network and all that fun stuff. So I'm looking forward to that chat. And I'm looking forward to chatting with all of you. It is a free-for-all Friday. We could talk about UFC Vegas 83. We could talk about the world of MMA. We could talk about whatever you want. We could talk about the Patriots eking out a win against the Steelers last night. The two shittiest teams in football battling it out on a Thursday night, just as God intended. But we probably won't talk about that. So let's go. Cryptocurrency. Holy shit. I haven't heard from you in a hot minute. What's up, man? Are you there? Hi, Mike. Can you hear me? Yes. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Yeah, it's been, it's been a long time. It's been a, a hectic couple of months. Uh, I've been away and so on, but finally back. So, Mike, uh, I listened to BTL yesterday, and I heard the discussion uh, regarding what's next for Armand Sarukian. And I don't know if this is news or not, but uh, let me just set the stage. So, at the end of last month, Gamrot has signed a contract for his upcoming fight. And this is quite interesting because this might give us a clue uh, regarding what is about to happen in the lightweight division. So just a couple of things. First of all, it will happen, as he put it, during the initial months of 2024. So probably during the first quarter. The second thing he said is that the fight is not against Makachev, no big surprise here, right? I mean, we kind of knew that. But the third part, which is very interesting here, is that he is very pleased and happy with the fight that will happen. And the reporters, this this was actually, there's several Polish interviews. So there's both video and just written form material where he expresses this. So there's several sources. But the interesting part here then becomes if, this is a fight that will happen during the first quarter, and it is a fight that he's pleased with. Looking at the, let's say, top 10 fighters in the lightweight division, um, it kind of just messes things up, at, at least for me. So if you look at the guys that are behind him in the top 10, uh, Jalen Turner, Hooker, Fiziev, Dariush, all those guys um, have either had fights booked when this discussion occurred because the negotiation happened during the month of November. So it just cannot be any one of those guys. Um, and Dan Hooker is, of course, injured also and so on. So it just doesn't make sense here. So let's look at the top five guys. Chandler, we know that's not the fight that he has signed. Um, Chandler will hopefully <laughs> fight McGregor, but we never know. But anyway, Chandler wouldn't sign that contract. We know it's not Sarukian because Sarukian had a fight book. They wouldn't book the fight against Gamrot. Once again, the time, the timeline here is very, is very important. So they wouldn't have booked that fight before they knew the outcome between Sarukian and Daryush. So it's not Sarukian. So we got three guys left, Mike. <laughs> I don't think that Dustin Poirier would take that fight, not, not because he's afraid and so on, but just, I mean, just generally speaking, and given the interview on the MMA Hour and so on, he's at a different stage in his career. I don't think he would like to fight Gamrot. Um, once again, not because he's afraid, just because I don't think that makes sense uh, for him. So we are left with Oliveira and Gaethje. 
And this is, I don't know if it's a bold prediction, Mike, but given the time frame that Cameron has stated, uh, and also that he is, quote unquote, very happy with the matchup, I'm actually going to make, make a bold prediction here and say that during the card in Saudi Arabia, Gaethje will get the title fight against Makachev and Oliveira will have to fight Gamrot. I think that is the fight that he has signed uh, because no other fight makes sense uh, if he is happy with the, with the fight, so to say. And listen, I mean, Gamrot, he's a nice guy. He seems to be happy with life in general. So maybe this could be someone that I haven't even thought of, but I doubt that it could be someone outside the top 10 uh, if he says that he's happy with the matchup. So, and it also makes sense for the card, Mike. So if something happens between Gaethje and Makachev, uh, you'll have a backup fighter, either Oliveira or, um, or uh, Gamrot. And... Um, our <laughs> our new fan favorite here, Sarukian, gets the good old host job. And I think he becomes the backup fighter. And what will happen then is that the winner between Oliveira and Gamrot will get to fight the winner between Makachev and, um, and Gaethje. And Sarukian will have to have one more fight before he is given the title shot. So I just want your take on that. Like, what, what does that actually mean for the lightweight division now that we know that Gamrot has a fight book that he's pleased with that will happen during the first quarter? Am I out of my mind to think that good old Charlie gets, gets, gets punished here uh, because of what happened? Um, or what fight could it be? Like, what am I missing, Mike? What am I missing? If it's not Gaethje, Makachev, I mean... Who else would Gamrot be happy with? Sorry for the long rant, Mike, but I just uh, I listened to BTL yesterday and, and Jed discussed this and he thought that Gamrot will have to find, fight Sarukan or actually the other way around, Sarukan will have to fight Gamrot. And listen, Mike, I, I would love to see that rematch, so, so don't get me wrong, but we know that Gamrot already had a fight, an agreement signed before the Benil Dariush Sarukan fight happened. So glad to be back, Mike. Hope to, to be here more often now <laughs> that I'm back. And uh, would love to hear your thoughts on this, uh, given that, yeah, Gamrot has a fight. Thank you. Cool. Thanks, man. Um, I have no idea. This is the first I've actually heard about that. I mean, if I'm Oliveira, why would I even entertain that idea? I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. Unless like Sarukian's just a because look, if Gamrot like I know Gamrot has a quote unquote win over Sarukian, but Sarukian has the best win of all of these guys right now. Like Saruk Gamrot went and fought Charles uh, not Charles Benil Darish and lost. Clearly lost. And Saruki had dusted him in 64 seconds. He's a top five guy. Gamrot is coming off of a split decision win that was kind of contentious with Jalen Turner. And the weird 
you know, the injury stoppage win over Rafael Fazeev, which he got like no buzz from at all. I just don't know unless like, I don't know if like Oliveira gets that. I don't know. Look, to me, this is sort of simple. Uh, I kind of think Gamrot's the odd man out here after what Sarukian did. I think Gamrot really needed Benil to win to at least somewhat stay in play right now. But it's just lightweight's just so strange right now. I don't think Poirier is going to be at all interested in that fight. Could he be interested in fighting Sarukian? Maybe. Gaethje is certainly not fighting Gamrot. I don't know. I have no idea what's going to happen here. But the way I would the way I would draw it out, Gaethje gets the title shot. Oliveira fights Sarukian. That is a far more compelling fight than the Gamrot one. And it's not even close. It's not even a, a conversation right now. And yeah, I don't know. Let me see what like the UFC lightweight rankings look like right now. Because I mean, I, I just feel like he's the odd man out here. I feel like there is just, there is no buzz for Batush Gamera right now. None, especially after what Sarukian did. So Sarukian is ranked number four. Gamera's tied for five. Which is kind of weird. I mean, I know Darius lost two in a row, but Darius does have a win over Gamrot. Fazee being out kind of stinks. Dan Hooker's out for a while. Jalen Turner's number ten. Honestly, like, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you the fight I'd want to see. I'd, I'd want to see Gamrot fight Benoit Santini. Like that is a super interesting fight to me. Like I would Benoit Santini versus Dan Hooker would be like my choice, but it doesn't seem like like if we're gonna get BSD back in there first quarter of the year. I mean, that's a super fun fight. I would love to see that one. Everyone's probably gonna have to fight backwards right now. They just are. So I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen there. I really don't. But who knows? Who knows? I just don't see, like, Oliveira would be, like, if it's a top five guy, I mean, you think it's Oliveira, but after seeing what Sarukian did, why, like, all Sarukian's the way more compelling fight than Gamrot. And Sarukian's ahead of Gamrot. And even if like, Gamrot beats Oliveira, it doesn't guarantee him a title shot. I don't know. It's just, it's a weird, lightweight is just, is the best division in the sport, but it's also so frustrating. Because we finally have a guy who has broken through the top five, who finally got a win over a top-ranked guy, did it incredibly impressively, and he's kind of stuck right now. Like, he truly gained... He got buzz, and I think people are like, yeah, that's the guy. But he really didn't gain a whole hell of a lot from this win with the timing of this division right now. I don't know. We'll see. I'd be, st- I mean, look, could they do Gamrot Oliver? Sure. Gagey's certainly not taking that fight because why would he? And yeah, it's a mess. It is a mess. Uh, Timmy, go ahead. It's not going through. Uh, Timmy, bounce out, bounce back in. We'll get you in, all right? 
Yep, Timmy, it's not going through. Cole, go ahead. Good morning, Mike. Happy Friday. Um, just listening to GC and Jed talk about Georgia football and Mike Bobo, it's like, you guys, that was your first loss in like three seasons, and you're calling for his head. It's like, I don't even, I'm not even like a Georgia fan, but like, what the fuck kind of spoiled ass shit is that? Like, I'm a Minnesota sports fan. I mean, <laughs> Jed, I'm getting all upset about Mike Bobo. I mean, come on. One loss. All right. Anyway, on No Bets Bard, they're talking about uh, maybe like two contender series fighters who lost being on this card this weekend like is that true and like if that is like what are we doing here that just tells you like there's too many cards for not enough talent on the roster like that's all i got have a good day mike thanks man um let me let me just look at this real quick i believe uh let's see let me pull it up here um talita alankar she didn't she fought on the contender series but she fought to a draw um carlos vera was on the ultimate fighter and i believe lost his fight but got signed uh, Shannon Ross, I believe, lost on the Contender Series. He did. All right, so he definitely he lost the Contender Series. And that might be it. Like, Alan, Car- yeah, Vera was Vera lost on the Ultimate Fighter and got signed. Shannon Ross lost in the Contender Series and got signed. And there may be others. That I kept, but those two stick out. So yeah, that's just where we're at right now. And Talita Allen Carr fought on the Contender Series and uh, fought to a draw in a pretty fun fight and got signed, which I'm honestly not really surprised by because I I interviewed Talita Allen Carr when she was like one and zero or even before maybe before a pro debut. Uh, obviously, a very talented grappler, and everyone was telling me like. Watch out for this girl. She's got to be a problem, but she's got a she's got a tough one on her hands with uh, Dos Santos, the former Invicta champ. So, yeah, look, this is this is what we do at the Apex. We have to fill out the lineups. This, you know, we have to also remember that this was the card that was supposed to be in Shanghai, and then they moved it to Vegas, and a whole bunch of fighters that were supposed to fight in Shanghai couldn't get over here, so we had to fill it out somehow, uh, and this is what we get. This is what we get with with these Apex cards. This is what we get. And we have some squash matches here. Uh, Shannon Ross is probably going to get finished by Hyunsung Park because Shannon Ross gets finished by everybody. Uh, It's just the nature of the beast. So, yeah, this is is the world, folks. This is the Apex-y Apex world. Uh, Timmy, go ahead. No. We have you, Timmy. It's not looking good. Nah, you're we're just the connection on your end is just not going through. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook 
an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. It's not going through. Toke, do we have you? I do. Uh, but yeah, it's... Um... I just wanted to commend you for all the brilliant content this week. So I wanted to start off with the Mark Hunt episode of Damn, They Were Good. What a powerhouse of a show. Uh, I mean, that was crazy. And probably the best, and we also got the best PTL of the year with the sound clip of the year with Luke Thomas just shouting, what the fuck does that even mean, Don? <laughs> just shouting it out in front. Oh my god, I laughed so hard when I heard that. It, my girlfriend thought it was crazy, but you know, she's not in the MMA space. Uh, Jed and Luke just going at each other is probably my favorite content that you make. And uh, actually, that was part of uh, that was why I was calling in. And I have one more, uh, one last thing uh, to Crypto's point. He might have just been offered a fight that didn't get accepted on the other side. That, that's probably what I would say. And like, uh, maybe they offered Max Holloway Metos Camrod, and then that didn't go anywhere. Like the, the timelines match up for that, in my opinion. So I think this might just just have been one of those. Yeah, he he might have signed some agreement, but it, that doesn't mean that it's actually gonna go through. So it sucks, but uh, don't assume that he, he suddenly has a top five guy. That's, uh, that's all, Mike. Thank you. 
dude, give me give me him and Santini right now. Like that's that's totally fine. I'm totally fine with that uh, idea. Him and Max Holloway would be pretty friggin' fun. Huh. Yeah, that'd be kind of interesting. Aljo saying that he's probably not going to get Max, so. I mean, does Max fight somebody else? Does he, I mean, if I'm Max, I ain't taking any fights. I'm just waiting. I'm playing video games for the next two months and waiting to see what happens with Volkanovski and Taporia. And obviously, if Taporia wins, they're probably going to give Volk another fight. But, yeah. I mean, if, if Holloway's going to move up to 55, I mean, I, him and Gamrot would be fun. But I feel like he would rather, like, fight a bigger name than Gamrot, like a Poirier or, like, him and Oliveira is a great fight. Him and Gaethje rules. That, that's, like, the fight I have to see before it's all said and done. Like, there's just more fun fights than Gamrot. Although, I would, I think that would be really fun. Yeah, I don't know. But look, like, the, there are often times where the UFC will just be like, hey, what do you think about this idea? And then they say the fighter gets presented with it. And all it is is just like, hey, would you do this if we offered it to you? And they say yes. And sometimes the name is very exciting. And it turns into, well, yeah, they UFC offered me this fight. And I said yes. When that's not necessarily the case. Um, you know, case in point, we talked about this last week. People were asking about Robert Whitaker, Paul Costa for UFC 299. And know Whitaker's kind of teased it. His coach kind of teased it. Um and I basically reached out and we talked to some folks and I told you guys like very initially all that's kind of happened there is the UFC said, Hey, would you, would you be interested in fighting this person on this date if we offered it to you? And they said, yes. And that's as far as it went. It didn't go any further. There was no official offer. There was no contract, none of that. And we saw Rob Whitaker being like, Oh, you know, third time's the charm. Let's do this. Uh, but that's literally as far as it went from what I, from what I've been told. And maybe this is a, a similar situation where it's just like, Hey, if this plays out like this, would you be interested in fighting this guy on this date? It doesn't mean it's done. It doesn't mean that a contract has been signed or anything of that nature. So kind of have to wait and see with all of that. But yes, if you haven't listened or watched BTL, listened to or watched BTL, it's freaking great. It's a good time. That the Don Davis stuff is just it's chef's kiss. And as much as I like that line from Luke, uh, I also enjoyed the his reaction to uh, Don's Gandhi tweet. And he said, "If I had four arms, I'd give it four thumbs down." Oh, it's the best. God, it's the best. All right, Timmy, we'll give you one last shot. Let's see if we can get you in. Nope. Yep, it's on your end, man. I don't know why it's not going through. But it happens from time to time. Uh, try to get Jameer in. What's up, Mike? Can you hear me? Yep, I got yeah. you. I, was, um, saying, I feel like you just touched on it a little bit about the um, Apex cards. But I was saying I really don't mind them that much because they allow for, like, it's a lot of fighters on the roster. So it allows for, like, 
UFC to continue fighting, um, signing fighters, providing more jobs for these fighters. Like, we obviously all want fighters to have jobs and get this pay and stuff. So, having these Apex cards and throwing these fighters, these lower name fighters on these cards, I feel like it's good for them. And I feel like we're just thinking about people who criticize it, which I kind of see, understand why, because it's like, yeah, Apex cards, like, uh, we're out of COVID, we're out of the pandemic, we should try to get on the road more. But I understand from the USC's perspective as well, it's like it's cheap and we can still sign all these fighters and throw them on these cards and have them try to build names with some of them. They have good performances. And so I really don't mind them. I know it's probably an unpopular opinion. No, I get it. And look, I, I, I bum people out all the time when I see people tweeting or they ask me, you know, hey, it's 2024. Are we going to have, after watching Austin, are we just not going to go back to the Apex? I'm like, they're never leaving the Apex. As long as they have this deal where they have to put on 46 cards a year, they're never leaving the Apex. Like, think about this card. Why do you think they moved this card to the Apex? Because they weren't going to sell like more than a thousand tickets to see Song Yudong fight Chris Gutierrez. They just weren't. Now, if we got Zhang Weili versus Yan Zhonan, totally different story. But we have to think about it from a business perspective. One, we have to put on this many cards a year. And two, if we're going to take all of them on the road, how are we going to sell tickets? And most of these Apex cards, they ain't going to sell shit. They ain't going to sell anything. But it's just... It's the aesthetics of it that bums people out because it's just like, man, we, we come from Austin where big crowd, everyone was fired up, people reacting to stuff. And then we just go to the quiet ass apex and there's just like no buzz and no momentum. And it's just, it's just, I don't know. It just takes away from it a little bit. It just takes away from it a little bit. But I get, I get it. Like they're, they're just not going to leave. The Apex card should be like nine fights, and they should all be at like four p.m. Eastern main cards, or seven p.m. Eastern at the latest. Like nine, ten fights, bang, 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 bang. Let's call it a day. I long for the. I miss the days where the UFC was not on Fox and not on FS1. You would get a random fight night that was on UFC Fight Pass, and those cards were fucking great. Because they just went. You'd go from one fight to the next to the next to the next, and you'd watch a 13 fight card in like two hours, in like three hours. It was the best. It was awesome. I wish the Apex cards were more like that. We're just like, hey, we got nine good fights, and it's just like an exclusive card on Plus, and it's just no commercials. We just go boom, 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 boom. And then I think it's a little more aesthetically pleasing as opposed to here's a fight. There's another fight. We've had two quick finishes because that's what we get here. And now we have to go to the desk for an hour before the next fight. Like, come on, man. Like, we just got to make these a little bit better. And look, they don't have, they could do these cards in Vegas, like just at a different venue. Remember the card they did headlined by Piotr Jan and Marab Dwalishvili? They didn't go to T-Mobile for that. They went to, I don't even remember where it was. They went to some small venue in Vegas because they couldn't do the Apex because they had the fucking Power Slap event, but it was so much better. It was like a thousand people there. Like, do that more often. And you, you got me. 
It's just the aesthetics of the Apex. I think they could take it out of the Apex a little bit. I get it from a business perspective. I get it. But once in a while, let's mix it up a little bit. 500 people. It doesn't have to be a big, huge thing. 500 people. Just make it a little more energetic. That's what I want. And I think that's what people want, too. What's going to be interesting with the future of Apex cards and such is when and if they sign a new TV deal. If they stay with ESPN+, they ain't going anywhere um, because the demand will probably be the same. But if they sign TV rights elsewhere and the demand isn't as large... They there will be far less Apex cards, but they they they're never leaving there. Why would they? From a business perspective, it makes no sense for them to leave there, uh, especially with the deal that they're getting. They're making so much money just putting on this card. They are making millions and millions and millions of dollars just by putting it on. So at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter where it happens. But I get it. But it's just a lot, man. It's just a lot of fights, and the energy is just zapped out of the building. So let's just mix it up a little bit. Once in a while, let's go somewhere else. In Vegas, it doesn't have to be a 10,000-seat arena. You could bring your influencer friends that influence Power Slap. Influence that. Bring them into a UFC card at some rando place in Vegas. That, and, and put 500 people in the seats. That's, that's what I would like to see. Uh, Matt, go ahead. Round about everybody's favorite show, Tough. Um, supposedly, it's going to be featherweights uh, and middleweights. So, I want to know in a perfect world, who do you want as coaches? Right now, I think it would be a fucking blast to have Izzy. Versus Alex and have them be the coaches to tough. Hmm. Who should coach tough? Hmm. I mean, I, I like honestly, top of mind, it's John Jones and Tom Aspinall. <laughs> like that would be that'd be awesome. They could do John Jones and Stipe. Like that could happen. That would actually it wouldn't shock me if that's what we get. Because the only person that is defending that fight right now is Dana White. And probably John and probably John and Stipe. Nobody else wants to see it. They will get some casual appeal. And yes, when it comes on, we'll watch it because we fucking watch everything. But what better way to build something that and as AK would attest to. What better way to build something that may or may not happen than having these guys coach the ultimate fighter and putting them on your screens. And the more time goes by, the less we feel the fight will actually happen. Just do it. John and Stipe could be it. Uh, I'd like to see John and Aspinall. That would be really, really fun. And I'm trying to think like who would be – I mean, dude, Sean Strickland as a tough coach would be pretty wild. DDP and Izzy would be pretty wild. I don't know. I'm going to predict it's John and Stipe. That's my prediction. 
I know Stipe is a firefighter, so I don't know if he can get that kind of time off, but I'm sure the UFC would pay him pretty handsomely. And I'm sure he could go back and forth. I don't know. My guess is they're going to try to do John and Stipe to try to like drum up some interest for that fight that nobody seems interested in anymore. But I'm just trying to think like who else would be like actually compelling. Strickland would be fun and a little weird. Maybe do Sean O'Malley and no, because Sean and Cheetah would have. By the time they start filming, the fight's over. I don't know. It's a good question. But my my guess is going to be John and Stipe. But I'm wrong about everything, so I'm probably wrong about this too. Brendan, go ahead. So I've been thinking this week for some reason about the off-the-bus all-stars for each weight class in the UFC or, you know, any any um, organization, really. So who do you think are, like, the best-looking guys getting off the bus for each uh, weight class? Oh, boy. Oh, geez, Louise. Um, I don't know. I got to think about this one. I mean, Jetson Almeida is like definitely up there um, for heavyweight. Getting off the bus, all stars. I don't know. I got to think about it. Paul Costa is obviously on that list. Um, yeah, I got to – I don't know. That's not something I can come up with at the top of my head. Aljamain Sterling's probably on that list somewhere. Big shredded dude. Leon Edwards is probably on that list right now. You seen what he looks like? Dude is shredded. He's ready to go. Dude is yoked. But, yeah. Don't really know. Uh, CV, go ahead. Uh, what's up, Mike? Heck of a morning. Happy Free For All Friday. Um, don't really have anything to ask, but um, I just want to say um, thanks for all the content that you guys put out this year. Um, I'm actually doing some last-minute packing right now. Um, I'm going away for a vacation for a month. Uh, it's going to be somewhere warm. And um, I probably won't be able to tune in live to any heck of a mornings just because of the time difference. But, uh, you know, I can't wait to listen to it in podcast form. And, yeah, shout-outs to you guys. Um, if I don't get a chance to hop in live here, just want to wish everybody here a uh, Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year's. Um, my prediction for next week's main event is going to be a vibes pick. Um, I think uh, we're going to have a new welterweight champion uh, next weekend. And, um, oh, yeah, one more thing. Since I see AK is here on the space, um, Shohei Otani is going to be a Blue Jay today. Thank you. First of all, how dare you? How dare you? We'll see. We'll see. Otani wants to go to Boston. He's made that perfectly clear. So, I don't know if... I mean, this is the Red Sox, so they'll probably fumble that bag like they fumbled many other bags over the last five years. But 
Yes, thank you, CV. Hope you have a great vacation. Um, I'll keep you guys updated on like what the show's going to look like towards the end of the month. Um, I'm taking time off as well um, down the stretch because I didn't really take a vacation this year. I took like you know a couple days here, a couple days there. Um, but there's gonna be some family coming into town and stuff like that. Like my little brother's coming down, so I want to like go and get Florida Mike back in full effect, see some family. Um, but there's so much content we have to do, so it won't be like a full-on break. But I'll keep you guys posted. We're not there yet, so. But have a good trip, and uh, thank you. Yes, the content has been a plenty this year. Uh, it's been wild. It's been wild how much content we have put out this year. Uh, J Mac, go ahead. Mm, J Mac, are you there? No. Uh, reconnect. We'll get you. We'll get you in. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, Abzwalia, go ahead. Yeah, so I'm working like, every morning. Hope you're doing good today. Um, I just have a few questions I want to ask. Huh? So, firstly, um, regarding the flyweight division, do you, do you think the UFC is rushing uh, Tyro and um, Muhammad Wakayev as, you know, highly new fresh prospects, you know, looking at their age and the kind of competition they're facing? My second question is, what should the UFC do with Jeff Neal? Because he's kind of stuck now in a position where I feel it's going to be hard for him to get the fights he really wants. You know, knowing him, I, I think he's a really good contender. Um, he's definitely someone I can see reaching the top five at some point in time, maybe the next one, two years. But I'm curious to see what they do with him. I highly doubt, in my opinion, he fights Ian Gary because Ian Gary is like the golden boy for that division now that Hamzat's gone and I'm sure they're going to do anything to protect him, get him a, a top-five guy like Colby Covington if he loses or Leon if he loses, you know, someone like that. But we'll see what happens. Uh, and my final question is, this is just more of a statement here, but I just don't see why Islam Mahachev, of all people, should be here learning a fight night card in Saudi Arabia, even if it is a very big card and deal that is administered by Al Turkey, his, his greatness, because... In my opinion, I'd rather see a Hamza versus Costa headlining that card than Islam Makachev, who is arguably one of the biggest stars in the sports right now and a champion when he should be headlining pay-per-view card, whether it's Charles, you know, versing him or Justin Gaethje, you know. That, that's just my opinion. 
That's all I have, man. Have a great day. They're not going to do that, though. It's not going to be Hamzad. Hamzad's already said he's got surgery. He's going to be out for a minute. Says he's going to be out for a few months. UFC 300, maybe, for him. But like we've talked about, they they have a, it seems like they have other plans for Costa right now. Uh, looks like they want the Whitaker fight. Don't know if that's what's going to happen. But look, Makachev, if we don't book Makachev on that card, he ain't fighting until like May or June. Do we want to wait that long for the lightweight title to be defended? I certainly don't. There's too much like there's too much going on right now. So he kind of has to fight on that card. If he's going to fight anytime soon, and we want to put him in a position cuz he's going to if he wins, they're certainly going to throw him on the Abu Dhabi card. So I kind of feel like they're just going to do that. And they don't need to sell pay-per-views for that because they're getting an exorbitant amount of money just to appear there. They're getting incredible sifies. So it doesn't even have to be on pay-per-view. Make a splash. I mean, that's a bigger fight than it's a way like him and Oliver, him and Gaethje is way for the title is way bigger. Like that's way more compelling, I think. And you have Shamayev and Costa, and it's like, yeah, that'd be cool, but what if it falls through? You have two guys you can't heavily rely on. I don't know. I think you're playing with fire there. Like, you're playing with fire. And Makachev will fight fucking anybody. Like, if Oliveira falls out again or something, and you know what I mean? And they have to the shuffle the deck a little bit. Yeah, I don't think they're going to wait. I don't think they're going to wait that long. And they, they shouldn't. If Makachev wants to do it, I have a feeling they're going to do it. Because they're not going to just book that fight for Miami now. They already announced Sean O'Malley and Cheeto Vera as the main event. Why would they throw Makachev in, the, in there? I don't know. Saudi Arabia makes a lot of sense. That March would be just a gigantic month for the UFC. Do it that way. Think about all the subscribers they'll get for that. Be huge. Be huge. Uh, Jeff Neal. He's... I don't think Jeff Neal's going to be a top five guy. I really don't. I think uh, I think that ship has sailed a little bit. Not that he's a bad – like he's a good fighter. But he's 33, and he's gotten opportunities. He's two and three in his last five. He got just run by Wonder Boy. Neil Magny beat him convincingly. Got the splitty over Ponzinibbio. He finished Luke. And then he fought Shafkot. And it was a great fight. But he lost. And I think Ian, if he if Ian beats Luke, he's just like Jeff Deal's just in the back burner at this point. The timing of Jeff getting health issues was super bad. Like he kind of needed that Ian Gary fight. Now if Ian wins again. If Ian beats Luke, he's just so far beyond Jeff Neal at this point in the conversation. So who does he fight? I mean, he's definitely going to fight backwards. Boy, how things have turned, huh? Remember where he was after he knocked out Luke? We're talking about him fighting maybe Gilbert Burns. Maybe he fights like a JDM. 
I know there's rumors about JDM fighting Gilbert Burns, but I'm told there's nothing really to that right now. That's just the fight his team wants. Jeff Neal JDM's fun. Jeff Neal Sean Brady's fun. You do Jeff Neal Kevin Holland if that MVP fight happens or doesn't happen. MVP Jeff Neal could be fun if he beats Kevin Holland. I mean, there's there's options, but his road to getting to the top five is going to be kind of a long one at this point. And then are the UFC rushing Mikhaev and Tyra? No, they're certainly not rushing Tyra. I think Tyra is a super prospect. Uh, and like, God bless Carlos Hernandez, but Like he's a fine fighter, but Tyra should Tyra should run him. I mean, stylistically, this is about as good as you can get for Tetsuo or Tyra. Uh, his ground game is just going to be kryptonite for Carlos Hernandez. So, yeah, I think they're handling Tyra right. And Makayev just just finished Tim Elliott, who's a top. I think he's the twelfth ranked guy, uh, and that was a tough fight. He's going to take a lot away from that. I think Alex Perez is a good step. And let's just see if Alex can can get in the octagon. It's been a rough road for that guy. So yeah, I think I think they're treating them just fine. I think the roads are are perfect. They are perfect. Uh, Cash de God. Mike, um, what is your favorite memory as a Boston uh, sports fan? Favorite memory is Boston. Oh, it's the Red Sox World Series, the first one. We've had a lot. Look, I've had a lot. Um, you know, the Patriots winning the Super Bowl in 0102 was fucking cool. Like, that was awesome. Uh, no one expected them to win. And then the Rams are just annihilating everybody. And then that was like the beginning of the Tom Brady era. That was, I mean, that was super fun. Uh, at, I, I remember watching that game uh, at Fitchburg State College. Uh, we had a good night that night after the Patriots, after Vinatieri kicked that field goal to win the game. That was a fun night. But the Red Sox went in that World Series, sweeping the Cardinals, three down three out of the Yankees, coming back. I mean, just to do that to the Yankees and then just sweep the World Series without even breaking a sweat, like that was awesome. I, I cried. I was down on a knee and bawled my eyes out. My six foot five, two hundred and seventy five pound older brother. He was bawling his eyes out. It was the best. Nothing will ever top that. Nothing will ever top that one. That was friggin' awesome. We've had some good ones, but that was friggin' great. Uh, J Mac, do we have you now? No, we don't. Nope. We'll give you a third shot if we can figure it out. Uh, let's go to Optagon Blog. Mike, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing fine. I like to talk uh, to everyone, uh, also to Alexander, who is uh, on this podcast, about the landscape behind UFC because. Uh, especially KSW and also this other promotion, Octagon MMA, that's a Czech Republic-based company. They're moving forward. Um, they attract uh, similar 
spect a number of spectators. Uh, last weekend there was an event in Germany in the same venue as the UFC. Uh, Octagon MMA attracted around 17,000 spectators. I, I like to hear your guys' take because everyone is talking about Bellator and PFL. They are the number two. But outside the U.S., uh, uh, the world is moving on, also in MMA. And you have to look – we have we have spoken about this before, like in golf, et cetera, et cetera. You know, Ram just signed a contract, $300 million with Saudi Arabia. This is also going to happen – with the event in Saudi Arabia, uh, with the UFC, the, the, the world will move on. And, you know, and we have to forget about PFL and, and Bellator because that's, that's, that's nothing. And I, I like to hear your take, Mike, and also from Alexander. Thank you. Good luck. Look, I get it. Um, look, we, lo we, like, we love KSW at MMA fighting. We love it. We, we don't cover it like full on, but all of us on staff, we love KSW. We watch a lot of their big cards. We have all pretty much said that, you know, bucket list items would be to go attend like a KSW stadium show. Cause they just do a great job that they care and their production is incredible and their fights are great. Uh, the problem is, I mean, look, MMA is a global sport. Yes. But, the meat and potatoes are in North America. It's just, it's just, that's what it is. Um, at least as of right now. And a lot of these promotions are doing the smart thing. Octagon has been growing as well. KSW, uh, Octagon's production has been fucking fantastic too. They've done a great job this year. KSW always does a great job. The problem is with like some of these promotions and they're not making this mistake really. Uh, one is, is tried and I think one kind of as cool as it was to see one come to the United States finally uh, at the end of the day probably wasn't a good decision to come to the United States they should just kind of focus on their area and being like a massive fish over there and I kind of feel like KSW and Octagon understand that uh, you know the hardcore fans will find them they will find them they're not like they're just not global brands like the UFC, PFL to some extent. Although there's like there is no buzz uh, for that PFL Europe card later on today. None. I mean none. Zero. So yeah, look, the hardcores will find them, but they don't need to like expand anymore. I think they 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 have mapped out a niche and a niche and they should kind of stick with where they're at. Um, be the bucket be bucketless promotions. Ryzen's the same way. You know, a, a lot of us would be like, you know, it'd be pretty freaking cool going to cover or attend a Ryzen New Year's Eve event. But no, like, but to me, it's not like, oh, I wish Ryzen would come to the US. I mean, I'd go, but it's not like a wish of mine. You know what I mean? There's got to be some things that are almost feel unattainable, but still cool to watch on television. And I feel like KSW, Octagon, Ryzen to some extent have done a fantastic job of doing that. And they've created some good stars um, as well. Like Roberto Soldich, man, so good. And I almost kind of, there's a part of me, especially after seeing how some of this has played out, like kind of which Soldich stayed at KSW. They offered him a boatload of money to stay. 
And which basically, once I heard that, I kind of felt like the UFC was out of the out of play because I don't think they were going to be able to match what KSW was offering him. But one doesn't give a shit. They just throw out money left and right. So look, in those areas, they're going to create buzz and I think they're doing a great job. But from a global brand perspective, PFL is number two. But again, it's not close. It's not close. UFC is so far ahead of them, it's not even funny. And Luke said it best. The only thing that could hamper the UFC's momentum is not going to be another organization. It will not, there is no fighting organization right now, MMA or not, that is going to contest with the UFC in any way, shape, or form. The only thing that could stop their momentum in any way is something brought down from the government or something brought down judicially. Other than that, they are just clobbering everybody and it will remain that way until the end of time. Unless something from the government or from a courtroom makes a dent. Other than that, no one is going to touch them or even come close to them. UFC has lapped everybody 500 times and they're just going to keep going super duper fast. The only thing that can stop them is something that is not a fight promotion. But yeah, KSW is great. Octagon's fucking fire. They're all good. But they have a niche and they should stick with it. What do you think about this, friend? Yeah. Hey, what's up, my best friend? What's up, everybody? Just chiming in because I was called upon. I know some other people mentioned mentioned me uh, being in the room, but uh, I think this particular person, uh, the Octagon Obsessed, uh, wanted my input. So yeah. I, uh, Octagon Blog. Octagon, Octagon Blog. blog. Oh, sorry. There's yeah. I'm sorry. I see the I just saw the similar. Anyway, a lot of similar names. Uh, I mean, just to echo kind of what you said, my best friend. It's like uh, we're gonna, you know, we cover a lot of the North American motions. That's just how our bread is buttered. It's uh, that's what we have the manpower for. That's you know what what primary our primary audience is North American fans. Certainly, plenty of fans, listeners, readers from around the world. We hear them all the time on heck of a morning. So I know you guys are out there. Um, but yeah, there's no there's real no real urgency i think on the part of the promotions to like to feel like they have to be bigger than they are because like we said ksw is enormous right ksw it, they're, if they're the biggest uh you know promotion in i was gonna say poland really the biggest promotion in europe for you know for the until the end of time that's where they need that's just where they need to be right they're huge right they they are if we're talking just by numbers i do think of course ksw uh is bigger than Bellator is bigger than the PFL. It's just they just don't have that presence in North America, and that's that may always be the way it's going to be. Like it's just, it's just kind of the way MMA is structured. Where yeah, again, and you have promotions in Germany, you have promotions in uh, you have promotions all over. Basically, I, I'm still waiting for there to be a big one in India. I know they tried a couple of times, and that could be huge. Um, but this this like crossover, this need to compare to North American motions doesn't really matter. I I bet there's people like I'm sure there's fans in Poland who don't care about uh, Bellator or the PFL. That they 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 look at Bellator and PFL the same way that some North American fans look at KSW. Like they just have no concept of how big it is, um, uh, why it's necessarily meaningful in 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 uh, you know in that particular country, and that's okay. This is how sports work. Sometimes we we've been we've had this issue with uh, football, soccer slash soccer for decades right i mean it's the, it is the biggest sport in the world it is the in terms of at the pro level the fifth or sixth or seventh biggest sport in north america right so these differences are always going to happen 
Uh, and it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. So uh, I'm not sure if the question was asking, like, why, why is there not more recognition in the mainstream? And it's like, well, it is just not in America. And I think this goes to prove, as always, that like America and Canada, not, sing not just singling out my, my American homies, America, Canada, North America, the greater North American, you know, blob um, is not is not the we're not the center of the universe. Right. So a, a promotion like KSW doesn't have to shouldn't sweat like, oh, will we ever make it in the US? Who cares? Who cares? They're one of the, the biggest promotion in Europe. Do they need to ever make it in America? Probably not. Right. The mainstream is relative, right? To, mainstream is relative to where you live. So I think it'd be great someday if we had more, if more MMA fans, regardless of where they were, watched everything around the world because it's easier to watch than ever. But, you know, that may never happen. And if it doesn't happen, I don't think that's like the worst thing in the world. So I would just say, guys, MMA is supposed to be fun. So expand your interest. Go find it. Go out there. Go find it. There's so much good stuff. And a lot of it's free. It's free on YouTube. You can you can find it easily. You can replay it, watch it at your leisure. Miss Fist, guys, read Miss Fist every week. Um, <clears throat> a lot of great stuff that, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of great clips that are compiled by Grabaca, uh, or Coposa, Grabaca Hitman, I'd say. Uh, Barela La Pierna, amazing Twitter account. Guys, follow these accounts. Follow these accounts, and you won't miss all the amazing MMA that's happening. Um, and if anything, just to see guys who, guys and gals will probably fight in your, uh, your favorite promotion someday in North America. Thank you, my best friend. Always love having you on. Uh, weigh in starting at top of the hour. All right, so I have three people in line. I got Jared. I'm going to try J-Mac one more time, and I got Emilio. Uh, this needs to be rapid, rapid fire, all right? I got like five minutes at the most, so we got to go rapid fire. Jared, go ahead. Hey, I'm sorry if this is a repeat in any way, but I just wanted to come in here and ask you what your thoughts are on this upcoming fight night tomorrow. Uh, what are you excited for? Whose names do you have circled? Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Pretty, it's, it's, look, in terms of stakes and divisional relevancy, there's two, it's a two fight card. It's the top two fights. Um, but on, like, it's gonna be a fun watch. Like, it is. Uh, Tetsuro Tyra, I've been super high on him for a while. There's some other up and comers. Like, the, the main card's pretty good. Like, Andre Muniz. You know, this is a guy who at the beginning of the year we were like, this dude could fight for the belt. Uh, and he's been on a tough run. And the Iron Turtle's been looking real good. So that's a good fight. Hack Brass Malarkey should be fun. Tim Elliott stepping in on short notice against Sue Maderji's fun. Anthony Smith stepping in to fight Khalil Roundtree. Roundtree's have been on a good run, but Anthony Smith could beat him. Like, he could beat him. And if Anthony Smith wins, like... Ooh, I mean, Jesus Christ, where he could go, he could get a title shot if he beats Khalil Roundtree. Like, that could happen. I know from a meritocracy perspective, it makes no sense. But he could get a title shot if he wins for taking this fight on short notice. If they want to keep Pereira busy, he, he could get a title shot. And then selling it on Chris Gutierrez is a really good fight. So I think this will be a fun watch. This is a, this is a, this is a good, solid Apex card. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. J-Mac, do we have you? I think we oh, do. Yes, finally. Jeez, third time's a charm, I guess. Um, yes. <laughs> anyhow, so, Mike, yeah, since it's free-for-all Friday, I just wanted to learn a little bit more about you. I want to know if you've ever trained um, jiu-jitsu or any kind of martial art. And I also want to know what sports you played in high school and which ones you excelled at. And did you play any college sports? All right, we'll take that off the air. Thanks, Mike. Have I trained? I did it for like a year. 
Um, and honestly, like the one thing that really kept me from it is just, I didn't really, I just didn't really have the time to do it. Uh, I would have liked to have done it more. I just really didn't have the time. Um, and as people know who I've trained, uh, it ain't cheap. It ain't cheap. And I'm the kind of guy that, you know, if I'm going to spend money, I want to make it worth my while. And if I'm spending, you know, $100, $150 a month on something, I want to make sure I go. Uh, you know, and I spend pretty good money training now doing the CrossFit stuff, which I friggin' love. Uh, but it's a lot more flexible to my schedule, so I can do it a lot more. And because of the price tag, it forces me to go a lot more. So, but so the timing just actually worked out. So uh, I did some jujitsu, uh, did some MMA stuff. I, obviously, I like the striking, the kickboxing stuff a lot. Love hitting pads. Uh, I had a punch bag for a while and just crack it. It was, but just the timing of it, just I don't know. I didn't really love it. I mean, I love watching it, but it just wasn't really for me. Uh, I do like hitting things. I did enjoy that part of it. Uh, as far as sports goes, I played football and baseball in high school. Uh, I did like intramural basketball and stuff. Uh, I was the intramural basketball star, to, so to speak. Uh, I just didn't like to run plays in basketball. It just wasn't my thing. Uh, I just like to run around and get open and shoot threes. That was basically my MO. And... Yeah, so it wasn't really for me. I got recruited to wrestle a bunch, but like, I baseball is my sport. Uh, I liked football because it let, helped me let out some aggression. I did enjoy that. We had a really good senior year, uh, so I did like football a lot. Uh, but baseball is my jam, so I would spend the winters just getting ready for baseball season. Uh, do baseball in the spring. Would do summer baseball. We do fall baseball. Uh, I mean, we had football, but fall baseball is on Sunday, so I do fall baseball. And then I did two years of college baseball, uh, and then I realized that college wasn't for me, and that was it. Uh, yeah, I was a baseball guy, still am, still am. Uh, but now I'm doing like the old man softball thing. But I play it like I'm. I play it and I dive around like a madman. My knees and my elbows are just torn to shit from like diving for ground balls and line drives. Uh, yeah, I'm that dude. I'm the 40-year-old who thinks every game is the World Series. I'm that guy. But yes, thank you for the question. Emilio, close us out. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate you. Uh, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Who do you see? How do you see the commentary booth looking like in five to ten years from now when it comes to the UFC commentating booth? You still see Joe DC and John. I mean, I do. I definitely do see John Anik still doing his thing. The guy's the goat. But uh, I don't know about the other two. Maybe Laura Senko in there as well. Um, yeah, just wanted to get your take on that. Appreciate you. Have a heck of a weekend. Thanks, man. I don't think a lot's going to change. I don't think a lot's going to change. Five to ten years, I don't think Rogan will be there for in five to ten years. But it all depends. Because Rogan said a million times, like, once Dana White is out, he's out too. So he's going to go basically as long as, as Dana is there. So and he likes doing it. Like, it's, Rogan has a, a different kind of a schedule when it comes to that. Rogan skill, does a show. 
makes a floppity jillion dollars doing that. He still gets to do the comedy stuff. Uh, and then he just basically goes and does fight week for two days. Uh, goes and does the ceremonial weigh-ins and then calls the fights and he goes home. Uh, pretty good gig. Doesn't have to go international. Just has to do the U.S. pay-per-views. Pretty good gig. So if Dana's still there, I think he still is around five to ten years. But if there's one guy I think may not be there, it might be him. DC is interesting because he's getting bigger and bigger. He's getting more popular. Uh, and I've said this for a while. And people gave me shit for this like three or four years ago. But like I said like three or four years ago that DC could host like a, like a, nationally, like a national morning show. Like Michael Strahan does Good Morning America. There is a real world where D- Daniel Cormier is one of those guys. Like I could absolutely see that happening. So if that's the case – Will he still do like a lot of commentary gigs? I'm not really sure. But I honestly think that DC's going to get more popular and he's going to get a lot more opportunities. Perhaps he gets a gig with WWE. And I think he would, he would do really well there as well. Sanko, I think, is going to get a lot more reps. Uh, I know she's doing the broadcast on Saturday. Uh, I would like to see her do the broadcast for UFC 297. I think that'd be a great spot for a second pay-per-view appearance because Rogan's not going to go to Toronto. Uh, get Sanko in there. That'd be great. I like Paul Felder in there a lot. I think he does a great job. Bisbing will probably still be there. Uh, and I would like to see Anthony Smith get a shot. And I would like to see Mike uh, – not Michael Bisbing. Uh, I would like to see Michael Chiesa get a shot as well. But, yeah, I think I think Anik will be a – Anik will be a staple. The one thing I think would take Anik out of the... I don't know if it would take him out. But I think... The only thing I think would get Anik out of there is if he got like a a full-time NFL gig. Like being an NFL play-by-play guy. Um, But I don't know. But maybe he would still do UFC too? I don't know. So long story short, I think the the commentary remains pretty much the same. I think Brennan Fitzgerald's done a great job. Uh, I think he just called – I think UFC Austin was his 100th broadcast. I, I like Brennan a lot. He's a great guy. Uh, fellow New Englander as well. I mean, it's, look, the play-by-play guys are all coming from from New England or, or England, I guess, because John Gooden's very good too. And I'm very excited to, to hear him on the broadcast this Saturday. Uh, John, to me, is super underutilized. Uh, I know they're finding some more stuff on for him on .com and I think on Fight Pass as well. But John is incredibly talented. Uh, they, there is no shortage of great broadcast talent within that company. There's no shortage of it. Uh, John's very good. Uh, Megan O'Leary is incredible. Uh, Heidi Andral does a great job as well. Uh, I like when she's on those broadcasts. Like they just they have no shortage of talent. They have no shortage of talent. So uh, I would like to see Anthony Smith get his shot. I'd like to see Michael Chiesa get his shot to do some color. And yeah, I just think more talent. We'll see some more talent come up. But yeah, they're they're in a pretty good spot right now. They're in a pretty Dominic Cruz, I think, will, will, will be around for a hot minute doing it as well. So they're, they're in a pretty good position from that standpoint. So, uh, all right, everybody. Thank you all very much. I appreciate you. 
Uh, preview show, 1 p.m. Eastern. We will see you then. Uh, we'll be back here on Tuesday to kick off a big week. There's going to be a lot going on. Uh, we obviously have UFC 296. I will be heading to Orlando on Wednesday uh, for the Jake Paul fight. Uh, that will be my gig this week. Uh, and then I will be there Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then fly out first thing Saturday morning to New York uh, to meet up with GC and the fellas uh, for the UFC 296 watch party, which should be an incredible amount of fun. And I think AK will have to join us on that for one fight in particular. And it may be the Patty Pimblett versus Tony Ferguson fight because he's the one that made this all happen for good or for bad. So it's going to be a fun week. So stay tuned. But until then, everybody, have a great rest of your Friday and have a heck of a morning, everybody. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.